only friend, the end. Well, at least it's the end of our sermon series on the solas. During the last five weeks, we've been looking at these various solas and how they influence our lives. I like to refer to this as the Lutheran sola system. <clears throat> the first week we looked at solas Christus, Christ alone. All scripture points to Christ and all salvation was accomplished by Christ alone. Then there is sola scriptura, scripture alone. The only way we're going to get to know and believe in God's love for us in Christ is through the Bible. Then there is sola gratia, grace alone. The only way we're going to get right with God is by the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Then there is Sola fide, faith alone. The only way we're going to receive God's grace for us in Christ is simply by believing. We don't contribute a thing. And then today on this Reformation celebration, we wrap it up with soli deo gloria. To God alone be glory. When we realize everything that God has done for us, what else can we do but give him all the glory? That's what a reformed life does. Soli deo gloria. Again, that means to God alone be gloria. And as we remember so many of the blessings which God has given us, we might be tempted to glory in ourselves. I mean, look at the work of Martin Luther. Look at the impact of the Reformation whose 500th anniversary we are celebrating this year. We might be tempted to glory in our Lutheran identity or our Lutheran history, but remember, soli deo gloria. To God alone be glory. Martin Luther remembered that, but only after he struggled with himself. The Bible talks about the righteousness of God, and there was a time when Luther thought that meant he had to become righteous before God. What a struggle. What a rather self-centered struggle. And as Luther struggled to make himself worthy of God's favor, he always came up short just like you and me. Luther found himself bound by guilt and fear, just like you and me. But then, Luther discovered that the righteousness of God is not a condition in us, but rather a gift from God. What a discovery. What a recovery. What a recovery of the gospel for the church of Christ. So on this Reformation celebration, we thank and praise God that the gospel has been recovered so that all who hear it might be saved. In addition to providing the theological basis for these various solas, another contribution of Luther was his demonstration of how God often used 
paradoxes and continues to use paradoxes to get his grace to us. Now, a paradox is when two seemingly opposite things are true at the same time, kind of like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, or kind of like being a Ducks fan and a Kings fan at the same time. It makes no sense. <laughs> but even Jesus used paradox on occasion. For example, listen to these words from our Lord. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Four of Luther's paradoxes include the following. God becoming human in Christ Jesus. God humbling himself in Christ Jesus. God using the opposites of law and gospel to make us his children. And then there is the puzzling but peaceful reality that as God's children, we are both saint and sinner at the same time. At creation, God formed us in his own image, but we screwed that up. Now in these paradoxes, we see God's grace which reforms our lives. And for that, we say soli deo gloria. A recurrent theme for Luther was his notion that the finite is the bearer of the infinite. Our infinite God deals with us through finite means. The incarnation, God becoming man in Christ Jesus, well, that's the grandest example, which then sets a divine precedent for the ways in which God deals with us. Luther wrote, to the first point, I say equally well that it is not reasonable that God should descend from heaven and enter into the womb, that he who nourishes, sustains, and encompasses all the world should allow himself to be nourished and encompassed by the virgin. It's not reasonable. Hence, the paradox. God became flesh. That's how we see God. And that's the only way we can know God. We heard Jesus pray in our gospel lesson, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. Want to know God? Then get to know Jesus. You want to find Jesus? then get into his word and sacraments. He is right here among us, and he will reform your life. Our awesome God comes to us in ways that we can see and touch and relate to, and for that we say, soli deo gloria. Another paradox is that the almighty God humbles himself. We're talking about the creator of the universe, a God who made something out of nothing. And yet he humbled himself in Christ. He dwelt among the very creation he made. And then he suffered. Then he died. Several paradoxes become evident here. God reveals himself by hiding himself in Christ. 
God heals his people by suffering in Christ. God's power is made known in weakness. And God gives life by dying. Go figure. God found us through his suffering on the cross. And thus we find God in his sufferings on the cross through Christ. Now this is diametrically opposed to reason. And yet it is humbly accepted by trust. And for that we say soli deo gloria. The law gospel distinction is, a, is another paradox in Luther's theology. Now the distinction between law and gospel goes like this. The law accuses while the gospel excuses for the sake of Christ. The law demands, the gospel gives. The law threatens, the gospel promises. The law serves the alien work of God, while the gospel serves the proper work of God. The law prepares us for the gospel. Luther wrote, and that it is which Isaiah calls the alien work of God, that he may do his work, that is, he humbles us thoroughly, making us despair, so that he may exalt us in his mercy, giving us hope. God has to empty our cup, which overfloweth with sin, so that he can fill our cup with Jesus. Ironically, we see a paradoxical unity of law and gospel on the cross. There, God's love and God's wrath are revealed simultaneously. God's love is extended to you and me, but only because God's wrath was laid upon his Son. And for that, we say, soli deo gloria. Now, there's a paradoxical unity within the nature of each Christian. In Latin, we call it simul justus et peccator. We are simultaneously saint and sinner. Now, the old man in us is completely corrupt by nature, but the new man in us is completely righteous by faith. But this righteousness is an external righteousness. Luther wrote in Two Kinds of Righteousness, the first is an alien righteousness, that is, the righteousness of another instilled from without. This is the righteousness of Christ by which he justifies through faith. That righteousness has got to come from the outside. See, you and I, by nature, are navel gazers. We're always looking inside ourselves for righteousness, but there is no righteousness there. It's got to come from outside, from Christ. That's how God sees us now. He sees us as righteous because we have Christ's righteousness. But we still sin. It's so frustrating. So, which is it? Are we righteous or sinful? And the answer is yes. The paradoxical tension between our sinfulness and our righteousness is going to continue until we die. 
Uh, Luther wrote, as long as we live in the flesh, we only begin to make some progress in that which shall be perfected in the future life. Now, despite the reality of Christ's righteousness being credited to us uh, through faith, we, the church still needs to present the reality of sin. Uh, if it does not, we will cling to an inside righteousness, inside ourselves. We need to see the reality of our own sin before we can see and receive the righteousness of Christ. Ironically, the closer we are to grace, the more aware we are of our sin, and the more grateful we become for that grace. So take a moment this morning and let that grace sink in. And for that we say, Soli Deo Gloria. Now, paradoxes don't have to be reasonable to be acceptable. God isn't asking that we understand with our reason why he, how he does the things he does, but he is asking, however, that we trust what he has done for us and continues to do for us. Through these paradoxes, we see God's grace which reforms our lives. These paradoxes put us at the mercy of God. I can't think of a better place to be. And for that we say, Soli Deo Gloria. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.